you know, I think this report kind of it kind of goes hand in hand in what we've been talking about the last few days. When it comes to mass shootings in this country, we need to make sure we're following our protocols. Well, <laughs> even take a step back, we need to have the protocols in place. And that's something that the guidepost report, I think, highlights. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I hate the fact that people lost their children over the fact that, according to the guidepost report, there wasn't enough being done. There wasn't enough infrastructure in place to prevent this type of incident. But I'd love to get your thought from uh, on this particular matter. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Here's, in a nutshell, what this report says. I'll read a, a, a couple of quotes from it. Our independent investigation established that the shooter was not identified as a threat because individuals at Oxford High School failed to recognize on November 30th, 2021, that the shooter's conduct statements and drawings suggested that he might cause physical harm at the school. They also say, in short, responsibility too often was denied and shifted elsewhere. Taken together, when responsibility is everywhere else, it rests nowhere. And I think that's a pretty good way to sum up exactly the failures at Oxford High School. Uh, Todd Flood, attorney, joins us. Uh, Todd, it's good to have you. Obviously, you have been close to this story uh, for for uh, far too long. And I'm just curious, okay. after this yeah. report, does, is there a situation now where these folks, the superintendent, the assistant superintendent, everybody down to the counselor who was named in that report, is there an opening here for liability legally for these people now? Well, Chris, I am involved. Obviously, I represent one of the victims in the case, and we are in a civil case right now, both in the federal uh, courthouse and in the state courthouse. And I think this report buttresses the, uh, the culpability and the civil liability of gross negligence times 10. Um, now, put five lawyers in a room and you'll get seven different opinions, but at the end of the day here, the the fact uh, yeah, of the matter is you have to put all of the circumstances together. Who knew what? When did they know it? And what did they do about it? On the 29th, you got a counselor and a dean of students that have more information about this shooter, as they put it, to to prevent. Now take it one step level uh, more. On the 30th, when they get more disturbing news, and they don't believe the shooter is a threat to himself or others. They, when he, when the shooter's interviewed, he goes, oh, no, no, I'm not, you know, everything's fine. They don't believe him. They even testify to that. It's mandated, as you put it well succinctly, uh, that they have to do certain steps. They must then, in turn, see if he has uh, uh, something to injure himself. Does he have a knife? Does he have a gun? You know, it was in the backpack that they had possession of, that the dean of students has possession of, the gun and the bullets. They didn't, even though they knew he was lying, uh, they failed. Um, and this report points that out. Do, do you uh, feel that this is why there was so much um, reluctancy to, to hire an outside firm to conduct this investigation? Uh, you know, that's, uh, I think, I think there's some, uh, 
truth to that statement. I think there was reluctancy. I know I have, happen to know one of the authors in this case, uh, and uh, he is a, a very, very good and thorough investigator, uh, legally trained, and he did an, an amazing job, and he didn't hold any punches. Uh, I, I do have a problem with some of the things he said in the very beginning when he said there was a failures act. Actually, there were overt acts by certain administrators and teachers. Uh, I shouldn't say teachers, but administrators um, that they they did overt acts. They took it to a next level. It wasn't just a failure to act. They made um, emails, telephone calls, text messages, and um, in essence, telling, you know, hey, no threats here. Well, that's that's not the case. There was a threat. Uh, and so I, I, I have an issue with that. But the, the bigger the bigger thing here is to me, um, I my hat's off to Karen McDonald because she worked. Obviously, if you read the opening uh, in this, uh, they worked hand in hand with the prosecutor's office, got a lot of information and they worked thoroughly through it. I think she's prosecuting the right people because the the parents in this particular case basically weaponized, gave this young man who was spiraling out of control a gun. We can argue about that all day. I'm, I'm not prosecuting bad parenting. I'm prosecuting the fact that they put my client along with others in peril. Mm -hmm. I think that's the right move and it's a rarity, but I think it's the right move. And I, I compliment the the, guidepost for putting this together because my client, the Watson family, they want transparency. They want honesty. They want integrity. They would probably not even have sued, even though their son was shot. Yeah. They probably would not have sued if there was transparency, honesty, and thoroughness to it. But the cover-up was too much there. And, and they even talk about it in this report, the reluctancy of, and not the reluctancy, the flat out denial of being interviewed. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I, I think that's incredibly telling. I, I think people at the top knew that not only were were they not creating the type of infrastructure that they needed to check a student like this. And that's that's different than not enforcing. It. It's different than having it in place and not enforcing it. The fact that you didn't have the right protocols and procedures in place. I, I that to me is where I think I would have the most difficult time as a parent. I, I do want to get your thoughts on another case as well. Um, the prosecution in Oakland County seems to indicate that Jennifer Crumbly has placed blame on on James Crumbly in that particular case. I mean, we're, we're what, 11 weeks away from that trial as well. And, and they're saying that that even the the their their thoughts of going into this defense team as a as a team uh, with each other is is flawed and could potentially be be up in the air now that their both of their attorneys don't work for the same law firm anymore. Is the prosecution trying to drive a, a wedge in between the parents here? Would that give the judge some some ability to to change their defense strategy? No, I think the prosecution has an ethical duty to make sure it's placed on the record by the defendants and the defense attorneys that they waive all conflicts. If you and I were defendants together, Chris, and we had two different attorneys, but our attorneys sat in on your communications, the ones you give, those confidential communications, mm -hmm. and then later on down the road, you said, hey, listen, I don't like where Flood's attorney is going. I, wanted, I want a different strategy. Well, wait a second. Flood's attorney has all my secrets, Yeah. right? 
So that is paramount to a criminal defense. So I think you have to. It's ethical, uh, uh, an ethical obligation to make sure that there is no conflicts. And I always say uh, in front of a jury, hey, listen, this is not a team sport. An individual I represent, there may be four, five, six defendants up at this table over sure. here, but I represent the one. It's not a team sport, right? You may find something different for this person than you do for this person. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I think you, you have to be uber cautious in this case um, because a lot of money, a lot of resources, sure. you don't want to miss trial. You don't want to all of a sudden the last minute major league delay because you didn't cross your T's and dot your I's to, to, to secure a, uh, a fair and just trial. I, so that's, that's got to be done. I got, I got 10 seconds left here. Thoughts on the attorney general ending the Flint water case? No justice for my, for my cohorts and friends in Flint. Yeah. No mercy either. You know, it's, yeah. it's just uh, it's a tragic, tragic situation. Yeah. Uh, Todd Flood, good to talk with you. Thank you for your time as always. Got to take a break. More coming up next on JR Afternoon.